god moth. Today we bask in the light of mustachial greatness. Well, everyone, today is about honoring one of the coolest cats to grace the silver screen. His name is Ron O'Neill, and he's a bad man. Specifically, Ron O'Neill in the classic black exploitation film Superfly, taking place uh, well, it was released in 1972, so taking place in the early 70s. The picture is basically like a time capsule in the sense that the clothes are insanely dope. Uh, the cars are the size of tugboats, as they should be. That is the American way. Get out of our way. And <laughs> get out of the way of my tank. Um, and Superfly is just known for its soundtrack, of course, too. I mean, that I knew about this as well um, before I even saw the movie. And um, yeah, it is a freaking awesome soundtrack. And as an on and off musician uh, myself, I have a profound love for a good soundtrack and its, you know, its ability to take a movie to another level. And usually I'm annoyed when a song overstays its welcome in a scene, but not Superfly. There are portions of this film, everyone, where it feels like you're watching a music video, and I was okay with that. And lastly, the number one lesson in this film is to never trust your friend named Eddie. Anyway, grab your fedora, shine those dress shoes, and put on your finest suit because it is time to get to work, y'all. Now play that shit theme song. It's the Mustachio Podcast, yo, we're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips, it's the Mustachio Podcast, yo. I'm your beans, I'm your cheese, I'm your tortilla, come and eat, I'm your Chicano man. What is up everybody, this is Daniel Segura, your host of the Mustachioed Podcastio, and my guest today has maybe the thickest head of hair I have seen in my life. <laughs> I am jealous. I wake up every day and just, like, I have a decent head of hair, but at the same time I'm like, don't go away, don't go away, don't go away, and this guy's hair is not going anywhere. He's a culinary artist expert as well i once mentioned cheeses on the discord and i'm pretty confident he had a raging boner the whole time the discord covered the topic of cheese his name is chef robbie robertson hell of a name by the way how you doing robbie i'm great daniel how are you doing pretty good man oh man i'm so glad that you have joined me today we know each other uh we are both listeners of the Grindman podcast i swear to god i say their fucking podcast name every episode man yeah um because i love the family like i love all the listeners we all we all if y'all don't know if you are part of the patreon of the Grindman, you get to be a part of their discord and uh we've all gotten to know each other a little too well i feel <laughs> yeah i know more about you guys than uh uh, a lot of people I see in real life every day. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Uh, I think COVID has definitely been a part of that reason, but it's been good. It's helped me, for sure, get through a lot of the oh hell yeah at home. Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've learned a lot too. I mean, both especially like you and Eddie are um, uh, food enthusiasts. I would say. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of fun talking with with Ed about food, and uh, you know, I did the. Uh, 
Bloody Bits podcast with Eddie and uh, did food and horror for the Thanksgiving bonus episode. Oh, awesome. Okay, so um, y'all know Eddie from um, Bloody Bits Podcast. He's been on the show before. So if y'all join his Patreon, you get a little taste of Robbie in there. <laughs> that bonus episode. <laughs> I don't know if y'all want a taste of Robbie, but... Yeah, I pretty I much tur- good. I turned everybody off for food with that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the one thing I always ask uh, guests when they come on the show, especially if, if they selected the movie... Um, what made you want to pick uh, Superfly 1972 honoring the great Ron O'Neill today? What 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 had what made you want to bring that on board? Well, um, one thing is, you know, it's the Mustachioed Podcast, you know, so I was looking for <laughs> you know a badass mustache and say what you will, you know, the guy owns one. Oof. Oh yeah, and uh, and this is just a movie I really enjoy. Uh, and I mean, there is no one in the world who is less qualified to talk about this movie than me as a middle-aged white guy. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, this is a movie I really, really like. And I, I think it's uh, there's a lot of neat stuff in this movie, um, and, and it's a fun watch. And, yeah. and you know, Ron O'Neill is super fly. He is. Uh, his whole vibe and uh, aura of this movie is just badass. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how else to say it. It's just a badass. And, uh, and honestly, there's a couple of characters in this, in, in this film that are just badasses it's a good collection of awesome dudes what was your um do you remember when you first like heard about this movie because i um have so much catching up to do when it comes to film i'm trying to watch as many as i can everybody it's very difficult with limited time throughout the day and i can't i gotta sleep but uh i had only known about superfly and seen bits and pieces so this was the first time i've seen it like a couple of times through what was your experience? Do you remember when you first heard about it? I don't know. When I was in college, I went through a stage where I watched a lot of black exploitation movies, yeah. and uh, this was just one of them that got on my radar. And I, I just really liked this this movie. And speaking of uh, black exploitation, the word black exploitation was coined for this movie. No kidding. Yeah. What the? <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know. I, I always felt like maybe it went a little further back. But yeah, I mean, it makes sense because it honestly, I feel like this um, this movie definitely, I mean, there I know there was movies uh, before it that kind of had this same, uh, same kind of storytelling, same kind of energy. But um, you can definitely see as the years go by so how, how much this movie influenced so many other films. Oh, yeah. Um, and it also, there was a lot of films... That I've seen, uh, especially through the Grindman, because they have covered um, not the best black exploitation films. Uh, this music, uh, this uh, the I don't music. know. Truck Turner is pretty fucking good. <laughs> Truck Turner is good. I will give you that. <laughs> but like uh, that guy from Harlem movie, <laughs> not is, as good. Is that a movie? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I mean, there was a camera on. For sure. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but this movie feels. Um, just the par above like it just feels like uh, like it's like at another level um very well made uh and just amazing cast uh, very well casted it's just and it flows pretty well it's you know for being a 90 minute movie i feel like um you know there's a couple of moments where y- y- there's runtime but you don't care because the music is dope <laughs> yeah that's the other reason i picked this is this is this is my favorite uh, soundtrack of any movie, like original soundtrack. Oh yeah, 
I believe it. Um, Curtis Mayfield uh, does a soundtrack, soul musician, who uh, who was a legend in soul music, and we unfortunately lost way too soon because I would imagine that he would have been still making music to this day or um, definitely uh, uh, working with other people in, in the industry because this dude has some skills. I did not do a great impression of him <laughs> in the beginning, beginning of this but uh that he kind of has that nice falsetto voice he has a great musicianship and we i mean honestly it's kind of like we get two or three uh curtis mayfield video music videos in this movie <laughs> it really does feel like that in there yeah <laughs> which i think is dope i always liked it when um i think it's important to know when you have something good and uh, the director of this movie definitely heard Curtis Mayfield's music and was like, we're going to lean on this hard because... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just the it's the right thing to do. Um, also directed by Gordon Parks Jr., who's right. the son of Gordon Parks. Um, you know, and uh, comes from... So he comes from a legendary li- lineage. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I loved it, man. And, and you know what Gordon Parks Sr. directed? Chef! Yeah, it's like, I mean, it, this is the royal family, I'd have to say. Yeah, I know. I couldn't imagine um, that kind of pressure. Uh, maybe he maybe he was one of those that he didn't really see it that way, but I would definitely feel a sense of, of, uh, of pressure and stress when it comes to trying to like <laughs> Yeah. Oof. Damn, dude. But I think he, I think he did great. I mean, I, I think for this being his, um, I think this was his first movie, right? Yeah, I think so. And he doesn't have very many. He's another person that we've lost, we lost way too soon. And uh, I think it was like a tragic accident, like a helicopter. Crash, yeah, I think so. Um, overseas, and so, yeah, one of those things we didn't get to see the the full story uh, uh, of, of Parks, but. Um, you know, he left us with some gems, and this is definitely one of them. Um, and what what is your impression of uh, of how Ron O'Neill did in this movie? He plays, uh, young you know, blood priest. yeah, young blood priest. What a great Which name! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I wonder. It's like when you hear someone called Young Blood. Is is that coming from this movie? It's like I guess it is. Yeah, yeah, because um, that is a common uh, common phrase. Um, you know, when usually when you have like an older African American man and he sees some, you know, punk punk ass kid coming through, he's like, Hey young blood. You yeah, know, that's just part of the language. Yeah. So I'm curious if that is where it comes from. I don't know. I it seems it seems likely, but uh, I don't know. But no, Ron O'Neill, you know, in this movie he 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 inhabits this role. I mean he is he is a badass, for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he uh, kind of exudes that confidence and is very sure of himself. And you honestly care about his character. You know, he is. um, This movie is able to do one of those things that I think a lot of movies try to do these days, which is take a person who's maybe not the greatest person and get you to actually care about them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they managed to do that with him. There's something kind of endearing about him. Um, you know, the whole movie kind of has to do with him trying to get out of the game. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's like he doesn't like what he has to do, but it's the only thing he can do. It's tough. I think I think it's kind of like with this show. You know, I almost feel like I've gone too far. I can't get out of this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but, I'm kidding, but it is. That's the way that life is. It's very, very tough to get out of that. 
And I mean, if you look, he's also a wild looking character. You know, he's got pork chop sideburns coming down, the, the Fu Manchu, the, the straightened hair that's long. And, you know, it's like he is a wild looking character. He like took all the greatest parts of the 70s and he sports it like to the nines. He uh, the fashion also. Oh, um, just in case I don't mention it while we break this down, like, like the fashion is amazing in this movie. And I think whoever was in charge, I, I don't have the name uh, uh, with me right now, but I know that um, this individual actually had fashion shows prior to this. So this was a pretty, they found somebody that was right for the job. Yeah, absolutely. Oof, man, it's amazing. Um, and I was, and, I was, I was watching. I was watching the bonus features on the DVD for this, and uh, one of the producers has a, a small role in the movie, and he pulled out all the clothes from the movie. He still had them all. And oh shit! It's like his, it's like my wife wants me to get rid of this, but I'll never get rid of it. Oh hell no! Nah. And he had like the, the the most awesome green suede platform shoes. It was. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the? What are, what are some of the bonus items that you get here? Because I, I rented this movie, but I definitely do want to own it and the soundtrack at some point. But Let, what are, Let's see. There's an interview with uh, Ron O'Neill talking about the making. Uh, there's an interview with the producer about how it got made, kind of the making of uh, cool. Superfly and the impact at the time. And, and a lot of the – it was a pretty controversial movie also when it came out because yeah. – it was, you know, th- this guy, he is a drug dealer. He's kind of an unrepentant drug dealer, too, mm-hmm. uh, but he's the hero. Yes. And so there, there was a fair amount of controversy at the time. And then there's a, a, also a, a bonus feature on Curtis Mayfield. Cool. Yeah, I love that. I, I definitely want to check that out. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you, do you uh, how well did this movie do? Do you know that? It was... Very successful at the time, um, but it also generated a lot of backlash at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, <laughs> the story that Ron O'Neill uh, tells is that there was a uh, public relations guy who was the head of the NAACP in Beverly Hills. Oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah, and he wanted the account for this movie, and the, he didn't get it to do the PR for the movie. And so he more or less... <laughs> made it his mission to sink the movie after that. Oh, what a dick. And he's the guy who came up with the term black exploitation. Wow. <laughs> of course a PR douchebag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't trust those PR guys. It's... You can't trust those PR guys. They're just constantly trying to just put the sheep's wool all over your face. Uh, but yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like I could see how some people you know, of the African American community would feel like, hey man, like, you know, we're trying to keep pushing forward and you have a movie where there's um a lot of blatant drug use, like throughout. Like it just I mean yeah. there's even parts where there's people <laughs> trying drugs and they're like in a restaurant or in a bar. <laughs> like they're not even like in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a lifestyle thing. It's like <laughs> And, and it's not like anyone's going to say anything to you back then, you know. You just you just did it, and and, and when you when you're kind of coming around with that kind of power and that kind of swag, like no one's going to tell you shit. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a part of that. It's trying to capture that. Uh, this film's trying to capture that, and I think I I can see why it, it's. 
that's what makes it an awesome movie. I think that's why I feel like it's kind of messed up for people to feel back then that maybe it was controversial. I think it was really capturing a snapshot and also yeah. obviously embellishing a little bit because that's what a good story does. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know this was seventy two, so this you know John Wayne is still making movies at the time then, and it was just I guess a different world. Uh-huh. It was, that is for sure, man. Uh, well, if you are uh, interested in breaking this down with me, uh, I am. You ready to break this down? As long as I don't have to sing the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. This is called the movie breakdown. You got cocaine? Movie breakdown. I'm sorry, I had no ideas. Alright, man, so first things first. I love how this movie opens up. We are like just following two cats that are just working, you know, they're working the streets, they're in the streets. They're obviously up to no good because they look yeah. like shit. They kind of like, oh man, yeah. come on, we gotta go do this. They look strung out from the start. Fuck yeah, um, they found the, they found the right guys. Um, to they just look, they're perfect. You got a guy with a beanie, and he, he kind of looks like a lampshade. It's just <laughs> perfect. Um, they even steal cash from a shoe shiner. <laughs> yeah, damn man, this guy's just trying to have an honest day's work. And you're just it, like, then they grab. Then they grab a table leg out of a pile of garbage. I mean, after. crafty. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are crafty. Uh, and we right away, like, they, they waste no time with this movie. You, ki- you, have, you hear the kick-ass music from Curtis Mayfield. It starts going. And uh, after we see these guys walking around, then we get a camera zoomed into a crucifix, which we'll see a lot throughout the movie. And it's sitting on a nice bed of hair, of chest hair. <laughs> Yeah, he's got the taco meat out. He has got the taco meat. Um, And the camera zooms out, and we get a good look at the mustache of uh, the man of the hour, Ron O'Neill. And I'm I'm not sure. I guess this qualifies kind of like a horseshoe mustache, right? I mean, it's kind of like a mini horseshoe. Yeah. It's pretty good. I I love his mustache. Uh, He's just laying back with his long-ass hair. (laughs) He's just kind of thinking about shit, being cool as hell. He uh, reaches behind him and he uses that crucifix to pop a few bumps, which we'll get to see a couple of times. This is like one of his monikers, you know. <laughs> like it's one yeah. of his, uh, it's what he's known for. Yeah, you don't see him with like a cigarette. It's just, hey, I'll have a bump, and then <laughs> <laughs> it's so smooth too. You know, he gets a little dip, both nostrils, licks it, puts it down. Like that's it, easy cheesy. Yeah. And uh, he's got a girl with him, of course, a sexy-ass white lady with him. Yeah. <laughs> she's uh, she's uh, uh, on her stomach showing off the cake, and uh, she asks if he's going to leave, and he says, yep, i gotta got to make a pickup. And he, uh, I think he asks her if she wants a bump, but uh, he... She says, "If you're not, if you're going to be leaving, I'm not interested." Yeah. So obviously, she she digs him, you know. He's uh, it, he he. I mean, right away the movie's like this guy's a sex guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a sex guy for sure. It's <laughs> they don't waste any time. He doesn't even have a shirt on. The first time we see him, it's like, damn. And uh, we get a nice close-up shot of uh, 
his name is Young Blood Priest, as we said earlier. And uh, we see his crotch area as he's uh, putting on his pants. <laughs> yeah, with his belt hanging out in kind of a suggestive way. <laughs> I, I was like, I see that, director. I see that. The music starts bumping, and we see him walking the streets of Harlem in a dope-ass trench coat and fedora. Jumps into his giant boat-sized soft-top convertible. Now, hey, did you catch this? So when he's walking across the street, he's a sex guy because he walks across the street and zips his pants up as he's crossing the street. <laughs> no need to waste any time. You can just zip your pants up while you're crossing the street. And uh, I love his his ride, by the way. I'm not yeah. a big old car guy, but um, it's pretty nice i don't know if i could drive it though i'd probably be just hitting shit all the time like he's parallel parked i'm like could i parallel park that damn thing well this is another thing i was going to tell you about that style of car the the for lack of a better term a pimp mobile that that came from this movie too Mm. well i mean damn this movie's good (laughs) (laughs) so then we uh we see the title superfly come onto the screen and right away we know that this movie is going to be big pimp and fun yeah it's like big 70s font on those the super fun perfect and uh we see priest pull up to his uh drop off spot and all of a sudden those vatos from the beginning uh they had a plan they were gonna basically i think he tells um the guy that looks like he's really like kind of strung out he tells him like the first guy comes in we're gonna get him and we're gonna get all his shit and head out and so uh priest comes through they knock him out knock him on the ground and uh uh, one of the guys takes his shit the other guy tries to keep beating his ass but priest is able to knock him out and then priest heads out and there's a pursuit and yeah and priest is he's a fast fucker it's like (laughs) he's like usain bolt in platform shoes this dude clears the fence y'all without touching it like yeah. he jumps the fence like a four foot chain link fence in platform boots i was like holy shit that was not a stunt man though <laughs> it was actually ron o'neill and he ran and he jumped and put his feet up i've i've jumped fences and i remember i used to always have me me and my friends uh back in the day when we were kids used to always challenge each other like how fast could you jump that fence because honestly we had to run <laughs> every now and then and so we would do that and i thought i was good i would have i would have just munched it on the floor and just destroyed my teeth if i had tried something like that but not it's funny me. when it, now it's funny though when he's chasing this guy because he's flying but every time he has to turn a corner he can barely turn the corner because of his is <laughs> because of his heels so he has to slow down to go around a corner and then take <laughs> off down the street again <laughs> He's got to do like a quick little stutter step. Yeah. You don't want to twist an ankle. Yeah. Uh, so then Priest catches the dude who jumps into a random apartment. And then uh, he ends up kicking him. And he just kicks him to the ground and kicks him and kicks him until the guy pukes uh, oatmeal. I yeah. Think. Yeah, it is oatmeal. And in the scene, if you look on the table, there's a box of oatmeal right next to him. So <laughs> Quaker Oat sponsored part of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a there's a mom with some kids that are just like, oh shit, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> They're surprisingly calm. I would have been freaking the fuck out. I was like, what's going on? Uh, but you know what? This is a this is a rough area where uh, you know people are like, hey, I'm just trying to get my day on. There's no um, there's <laughs> there's there, there's no Death Wish uh, uh, Bronson to come and save the no. day. <laughs> and I I think this kind of sets. Like the tone of the movie is that, like, you know, Youngblood, he's a shark, 
but pretty much every day other sharks are trying to kill him and you know yeah. and he just knows one day it's going to be his day yeah i think yeah i think the the movie's definitely trying to show it's like this isn't easy like yeah he's doing good but you're constantly being fucked with when you're trying to do your job and it's not safe uh for sure you're on you're right on the money there like that is exhausting and way too much to think about and I, and I bet it's one of those scenarios where he would send someone else to do that but then they probably would have gotten their ass kicked because they don't know taekwondo and don't know yeah. how to jump fences without touching them uh so, <laughs> so yeah we're back, <laughs> we're back with priest he has two guys come by he's at his like apartment and uh he gives them a little bump of of some coke and they're all feeling it good shit and uh apparently one of the dude's names is uh is freddy or who that we actually they call <laughs> Fat him freddy, freddy. <laughs> his name's charles mcgregor the actor who was released from prison just before this film's production yeah <laughs> it's like damn yeah he was their uh their expert like yeah he, he was a technical advisor a consultant uh to help with getting everything as accurate as possible and the the other guy was the producer the other guy in that scene Oh, okay, yeah. He looks dope in his suits. Yeah, that's the guy who kept all the suits from the movie. Ah, okay. Yeah, no, they give him some good shit. I would have kept that, too. He looks awesome. And uh, basically, Fat Freddy is fucking up. He owes owes Youngblood some money. Yeah, he's got bitch problems. (laughs) He's got bitch problems. And, uh, you know, he's just a guy. He wants wants people to love him, you know, and he's, he's... but unfortunately, you got to keep track of your boss. You know, you got to make sure the boss is happy. And Fat Freddy's not doing that. So Priest gets mad and says that he do- if he doesn't give him his money by tonight, he'll throw his wife. I think he called it Whore Alley or Whore's Row. Whore's Row. Yeah. That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, make her uh, basically make that money the the old school way. Yeah. And uh, Freddy's like, Oh, come on, man! You know that's my, <laughs> that's my wife you're talking about. <laughs> But uh, Priest don't give a shit. He's like, hey, I don't care, man. You, you, No more excuses. So they head out. And we'll get to see a little bit more Fat Freddy as this movie goes mm-hmm. on. Uh, Priest heads out in his giant car once again to someone's place where he, uh, we see some cats uh, shooting some dice. Um, there's a dude at the head of the table rolling. And uh, he's just trying to... He's trying to make some money, do a little gambling. He's having a good game from what it looks like. And Priest wants to talk to him and take him away from the table. And this is when I realized I had the right movie because everybody at the table has a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, th- this mo- movie definitely covers the Mustachio Podcastio quota, like by far. <laughs> We've had some that are very questionable, by the way, Robbie. Like, I'm like, why am I even talking about this? <laughs> but this movie, I feel confident bringing it to the show. We get to meet, um, his name is Eddie in the movie, but this this guy is Carl Lee, who is um, sporting it's, a fantastic mustache, by the way. It's always Eddie, you know. <laughs> it's always an Eddie. You got to watch out for those Eddies, man. Yeah. They're unpredictable. Yep. And uh, Carl Lee, I love him in this movie. He's honestly, I think he might be one of the best actors in the movie. Uh, um, I just like his character. I like how he's portrayed. He's, you know, he's kind of a in between wild card guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's very useful, but you never know what he's gonna do. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Priest asks him how you know how long he's gonna be, but the dude doesn't want to stop playing. You know, Eddie's got a, a good role going on, and uh, he ends up he sees that it's serious so he's like you know what i'm gonna step off and 
he uh I think some guy gives some guy gives young blood some shit for pulling the guy off the table. Yeah, apparently Eddie'd been winning and so um you know he's it uh young blood gets Eddie to leave with him and the guy's like, "Hey, you're leaving with all my money." Why you know he turns to young blood, "Why are you taking me away?" It's like, "Yeah, I've got business with him." And he says, "What business, you white-looking Boom. And- <laughs> even you could you could tell that priest has probably heard this line and he just didn't want him to finish it i mean it was this was i don't know this was like a picture of a pimp slap oh man perfectly uh executed this guy hits the ground and i love how like after that it's not like a big brawl breaks out there's like okay cool cool we get it (laughs) all right let's just calm down eddie does a good job of getting everyone chilled the fuck out yeah uh so i i did enjoy that because in, in your typical movie there would have been like this huge fight sequence but no this is <laughs> it feels more connected to me yeah in real life uh, i did enjoy enjoy that sometimes you just deserve to get hit in the face i honestly never uh you know robbie i don't know if you've ever been punched in the face but i feel like every guy needs to get decked in the face at some point yeah you I- never have something's wrong <laughs> a lot of learning happens in that moment oh yeah yeah especially if you've been yapping <laughs> yeah you know it just takes that one person to smack you in the face and you just like okay cool i get it there's consequences to these things <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It, it, everyone needs to experience it i think for sure and uh priest walks out with eddie and uh, he gets himself a little bump to clear his head, of course. And he mentions how he uh, had to put Freddie out to work. Um, and uh, there's a good little back and forth between these two cats. They have really good chemistry, too. Yeah. Eddie even mentions, like, man, you got all this good shit. You got your dope 8-track stereo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, when they go in the uh, and if they go into Eddie's apartment. And this is like a, a boss move, though, because, like, Youngblood walks <laughs> into Eddie's kitchen, grabs something out of his fridge, and just starts eating it. Oh, yeah, because yeah, he tells them, you got anything to eat around here? He's like, man, what the fuck? He's like, I'm not going to be your host and shit. But he does go, he just starts eating. And um, Eddie says that they, uh, he asks, uh, I think I think um, Youngblood brings up the fact that he's thinking about getting out of this game, getting out of the Coke game. Yeah, he's got a plan. He's got a plan, and uh, Eddie thinks he's crazy for giving it all up because he's doing really well. But Eddie does tell him they have about three hundred thousand dollars together, so that's about a one hundred fifty each. And um, I guess they've been working as a partnership this whole time. They're kind of like co-head directors of this family. Yeah, although well, I, haven't... I, I never heard of it as a family, but they do mention it as a family. Although I'm not really clear what Eddie does because. You know, young blood is one out there picking up the drugs. He's the one out there the dealing all the street. Yes. <laughs> Maybe Eddie does the networking because, because young blood doesn't seem like the most social cat. Yeah. But Eddie is super social, so maybe Eddie is almost like the the, the face patients guy. Yeah, the relations, you know, just kind of getting all the connections, and uh, young blood does all the hard work. He's a PR director. It's- yeah, he's a PR director. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Eddie has some good lines here where he says, uh, he goes, I know it's a rotten game, but it's the only, it's the only one the man left us to play. And that's the stone cold truth. I'm like, that is some good shit right there. And, uh, Priest is saying he's going to run a number and, uh, get out with a half million in just four months. 
he plans to buy 30 keys of coke um, with that 300k that they have and they would they would deal that in the next four months um, then call it quits and then they can retire from the game because they both have a pretty good amount of money especially for 1972 like, yeah damn, that's pretty good and uh, Eddie's a little reluctant but he's like um, he's even tells him like how long have you been thinking about this because he's kind of realizing that priest has been thinking about this for a while and uh they go back and forth and uh yeah you know i think eddie actually ends up agreeing at the end to, to go with the plan yeah you know, yeah good comrade yeah it seems that um eddie's the mouthpiece but uh young bud seems to be the brain yeah and, and so he, he kind of defers to young blood it, it seems and he and young blood is so um I, 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 it's something about his delivery, but he just seems so sure of himself. I, I would kind of be like, okay, I'm just going to – it's almost not worth going – you know, I've, I've had friends like that before where I'm like, ah, oh, it's not worth trying to change his mind. Let's just yeah. do this. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. His character is kind of a force. You know, it's like he is yeah. – he's, he's a badass in every respect, and it's like you just kind of, all right, whatever you say, man. <laughs> whatever you say, just don't smack me in the face like that other guy. <laughs> and – uh we cut to uh, Youngblood's lackeys, including uh, good old Fat Freddy. <laughs> and they are in a car, and they see a dude, and they start, they see a dude come out of a building, and uh, he looks kind of like a, I don't know, like a mobster-type cat. And uh, they start tailing his car. They're arguing back and forth, and they end up uh, going to a parking garage, and they hold up this dude. They throw him against the wall, hold a gun to him. Uh, and uh, they gets they tell him to give him all the money that he has. I guess they knew that he had just done a pretty big um, deal. Yeah, I, I'm not real clear about what how what he was supposed to have or or what was going on. But I kind of thought this was going to come back around for some reason. Like I thought maybe this guy was like part of some like huge, you know, it, gang or yeah, body. like it was going to set something up. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't think it comes around again. Uh, but it looks like what they're trying to do is cover uh, the amount that the deficit, the deficit that they have with with priests, because more than likely they're using way more money than they're supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, so they're instead they're defaulting to just stealing it from other people, so that way they can keep on using more money. So, not the best, uh, not the best employees. <laughs> <laughs> So then, uh, so they do get the money, and they end up getting away with it. We cut to uh, Curtis Mayfield's Pusher Man, uh, which is the hit song soundtrack, I would say. The music in this movie is like a it's like a Greek chorus because the lyrics that you know Curtis Mayfield is singing and all the scenes every time he's singing something he's telling you what's going on or what somebody's thinking. Yes, yeah. Uh, Pushman Push works good in this part because he's kind of like riding through, he's rolling through the streets and he's he's gonna head up to uh, go meet up with Eddie at a club and so you know it's like telling that yeah it's telling that whole background of where he's coming from what he does. Um, and that he's part of this community and the the band is ends up and i love this i always like it when they do this stuff where you hear the song from the soundtrack but then you see the actual band playing it that's the best yeah if it's yeah. a good song yeah <laughs> i've seen it when it's a bad song and it's the worst <laughs> <laughs> which i'm sure we've both seen plenty of those kind of movies yeah. and uh yeah no 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 don't give frank stallone the microphone <laughs> <laughs> no, take it away from it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so Curtis Mayfield's up there playing with his band. And uh, we see a dude dressed as Chef Boyardee uh, costume out in the back. <laughs> but we'll get to know him pretty soon. And uh, it's a this is basically like I was talking about earlier. This is kind of like a music video for a while. Yeah. We enjoy yeah. this whole song. Annie and Priest get served uh, uh, some food. And Priest tries to get all kind of fresh with the server because uh, he's confident and he's coked up. I mean, those are like two perfect combinations. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he wrote her a little note or something. At first, I thought he just gave her his number, but he she said she takes it over to the Chef Boyardee guy, and he tells Priest uh, to come back and uh, we'll talk. And around the same time, like a fight breaks out. I don't know, between two women, the, yeah. the people start clapping. <laughs> like, what the fuck's going on? Okay, so the guy who uh, there's a guy in a, a a white coat and a red hat who breaks the two women up. He is their uh, their manager, I would say. <laughs> but that guy is KC, uh, and so he's a real pimp in New York City, and it's his car that they used in the movie. Oh shit! So they're like, <laughs> yeah. okay, we'll put you in there. We'll give you some money. Exactly. <laughs> Is he, does he have another? He has another scene. Like, yeah, he comes back like in the next okay. scene. Yeah. Because I was gonna say that guy is the realest so bitch in this whole movie. So now I know why. Okay. Uh, so then, uh, and in the in the fight scene with the two ladies, they actually spill a drink on his on his uh, on his white suit, and so the producer had to buy him a new suit. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't want to you don't want to screw over that guy. Yeah just best to keep them happy so then priest gives the chef uh they meet up in another room he gives him a couple of bumps of course like i said plenty of coke to go around in this whole movie it almost made me like kind of feel like man i, I guess i missed out this seems like it was some pretty <laughs> but you know i bet it's too strong now to start doing coke i don't know I can't. <laughs> who knows what would happen to me I don't know, Daniel. It doesn't seem like a real good idea. Yeah, and I already have a little too much energy. I could, it, would, it would be a little, oh, that'd be a little too much for everybody. So then Priest says he's got something really heavy to lay on him because he wants to buy 30 keys of Coke. And uh, we find out this, uh, this uh, chef is actually named Scatter, uh, which is a dope-ass name. <laughs> I don't know where they how they thought of these names. Yeah. I really want to know this. It's a great name. I can't imagine what it means, but you know, it's like Me either. <laughs> I was like scatter. Like this is like a word. Like <laughs> I was like, that's cool though. I like it. And he's he's awesome. Uh, um, the actor. Uh, what, I'm trying to get his name. It's uh, Julius. Oh, Julius Harris. Harris. Yeah. yeah, he is fantastic as Scatter. And the scenes that he does have, uh, he he just sort of captures. Uh, he's he's definitely a big part of uh, of every scene that he's in. He's awesome, and he's telling him, um, you know, he's like, "You're coming to me for for doing, you know, for wanting some some keys." He's like, "I'm not dealing anymore." And Priest tells Scatter that uh, they can deal for just, just four months. That's all he wants. He just wants to do four months, and they'll be off the streets. And he tries to tell him, like, dude, you're old already, <laughs> and you've already reached this part of your life, and you're done. He's like, I want to get out now, so that way I'm not at your age, and I'm a fucking chef at a shitty club. Like, I want to be yeah. able to retire now and then invest my time in something else, you know? 
Yeah. And, Something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and it comes out that like Scatter had been his his, his mentor, kind of. Yes. Because it, it's funny, uh, Scatter is the only person really that Youngblood smiles at or is kind of like deferential to in the whole movie. Yeah, he's like the only one that he's like sentimental to or yeah. like warm. Yeah. yeah, he's not warm to anyone else. Um, even like when we see uh, Priest with women, he seems kind of like mysterious cold guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Scatter's like the only one that he kind of uh, treats with a, a a little bit of, of uh, positivity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, we do find that out. And, and Scatter says um, he had given him 15 keys, and that's what gave uh, Priest the start of his whole dope career yeah. in the very beginning. He He's gave like, him I'm a scholarship. Talking. Yeah, it was like, yeah, and he's, you're right. Like, it was, you know, he uses the word scholarship because I'm pretty sure he gave it to him without wanting anything back. It was like, here, man, this is just to get you started. And uh, and I think I think he feels like, I don't know you nothing anymore, yeah. you know? And basically, it looks like Scatter can, you know, hook him up with that balance of the price and quality that other people can't. And at least he's someone that priests can trust. But he's not having it, man. And... Then all of a sudden, Eddie starts talking shit to Scatter. <laughs> it, it doesn't seem like a smart move either. It's... <laughs> it's, I was like, that was not good, man. He comes up to Eddie, and he just busts the gun out and puts it to his face. He's like, you, probably, you didn't bring a gun, you stupid bitch. <laughs> grabs, him by throat, bit, grabs him by the throat, bends him over, sticks a gun in his face. It's... I was like, damn. <laughs> she got serious as fuck. Uh, but Priest talks down Scatter. And uh, he tells him uh, he tells him something like, uh, "They, you know, they're not going to get caught. You know, we're we're going to be all right. Like, come on, man. Like, we can do this." And Scatter actually does decide he's going to help him out. I guess um, he decides he's going to try to do it. I mean, he definitely has some sort of uh, connection with Priest, so that definitely helps. Yeah. Um, and then it's funny because when he agrees, Priest tries to hug him, and Scatter's like, "Man, fuck out of here, dude." <laughs> Yeah, and that's like the one time when when young when priest is like you know happy and, and showing positive emotions and scares like get off me. <laughs> I was like damn, cold blooded man, cold blooded and young blood. And then uh, priest uh, tells his dudes to meet up with him in a half an hour. He's he's getting out uh, walking through the club and he sees uh, he sees uh, Fat Freddy. And I'm just going to call him the producer because I don't even know if he has a name in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, he sees him. He's like, hey, meet me in half an hour. I want that fucking money. So then uh, we see him and Eddie. And Eddie starts uh, telling him that he's talked shit to Scatter on purpose because he knew that he would agree to help. But he just needed that extra push. Yeah. You know, Eddie's like one of those guys. He's like, oh, man, that was all planned out. Like, <laughs> He's the PR guy. You know, he's, he's the voice. <laughs> yeah. He, he apparently is, because he knew exactly what to do. Uh, but Priest even tells him, man, you're lucky, because that crazy old man would have busted a cap in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so then they stop in a bar, and uh, we get to see Priest order a cold beer. I like it in movies. They never, like, I've never gone to a bar and been like, hey, just get me a cold beer. Yeah. <laughs> the bartender would like, asshole, what, <laughs> yeah. what fucking beer do you want? <laughs> you know, a beer. That's what... <laughs> Like, uh, we got one that's 10 bucks and one that's two bucks. Which one do you want? Like, eh, I'll take one in the middle. Well, like six bucks. <laughs> I think in 1972, there were only two beers. So <laughs> Maybe, yeah. It was like t television channels. Yeah. <laughs> like two to four beers. 
And um, this is when we see uh, Big Pimpin, uh, the actual pimp of this movie. Uh, he comes in with a red fedora and a full white suit. This guy's looking fresh to death. Like, bam. <laughs> and he starts talking. Uh, he was the one that was in that scuffle. And then Freddy comes through. Um, and the red fedora dude heads out. And they start token up. And Freddy throws him the cash that they collected earlier from, from that vato. And Priest gives him a little extra cash. And Freddy's giggling like a little bitch. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know they're they're smoking pot in the in the scene, and the, and the guy's like, "It's seventy five dollars an ounce," and it's like, "How much is that in nineteen seventy two money?" Because that sounds yeah. like a lot. That's crazy expensive. Like, it must have been some really good shit, or someone's yeah. getting ripped the fuck off. Because yeah. man, I was, I remember, um, I was never like a real dealer, but uh, I would always buy more than I needed, and then I would kind of, I guess it's kind of like dealing, because then I would. Just- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then I would sell it, but, you know, it's like... <laughs> I just realized I was a drug dealer. <laughs> I was in high school. It doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> but uh, after a while, you start getting calls from people constantly and, like, people asking you if you have any and asking you if you have any. So after a while, I was like, man, I don't got any. And, like, I just got... I think it's annoying, uh, personally, to be a drug dealer. I could never have done that for a full career. Um, I can see why Priest wants to get out of it. So I just ran it through a calculator, and that's four hundred and seventy dollars in twenty twenty money Holy sh- for an ounce. For an ounce, man, that better be laced with some crazy experimental shit. I ain't fucking with no. <laughs> I'm never gonna buy that bunch. <laughs> the hell. So uh, then uh, they're they're asking. Um, I think I think Priest mentioned something about that he's gonna go see. Uh, He's got to. He's got. He's got to go meet up with with Scatter. But then when he says Scatter, Priest kind of looks like, oh shit, I should have mentioned his name. Yeah, he kind of just throws it out there in front of in front of uh, Freddie. Yeah, he's like, oh fuck. And then uh, Freddie's wife. T- tell me, is Freddie's wife like hardcore ADR'd? <laughs> like, I don't think they used her rag- real voice. I don't know. She uh... look back at that when you have a chance. I was like, is that her real voice? <laughs> It was weird. Uh, so then we cut to Priest. He's taking a nice bubble bath. Uh, yeah. We're about halfway in the movie, so we got to get a we got to see Priest without a shirt on again. Yeah, and uh, got a fine looking woman. Yeah, played by Sheila Frazier. Gloria is Gloria's her name. Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure what's going on here. Really, uh, she's kind of mad that he's kind of cold and distant. So then she punches him in the chin for no reason. I was like, that's my kind of lady. <laughs> I like someone to kind of wake me up. Um, we got some soapy sex action going on. Uh, yeah, and the director was having a good time because it was like slow motion ass jiggling. <laughs> the- a lot of sm- slow motion ass jiggling. <laughs> Filtered like uh, camera filters, <laughs> like weird camera fill. He was like, you know what? Let's just let's just have. A-. It looked like I was looking through a mosquito net into a yeah. sex scene. I was like, what yeah. the fuck's going on here, man? <laughs> uh, he was definitely getting experimental with it. And then we get a, a dope, uh, sexy song, of course, uh, playing right while this is all going on. And then Priest got a little soap in his stash as well. So that's our first soap in the stash in a mustachioed movie. And um, I don't know what a soapy kiss does, but I guess it works. I don't know. I've never, never had soap in the stash. But then we go from this uh, from this one. And I, oh, by, by the way, um, she is a lady of the night, no? I, I thought, I don't know. I don't know if they ever say. I thought that she was, I got the impression she was like a legit straight 
oh, okay. person, but because he was like, we could both like later on we'll get to it. But she, he said something like, we could both get out of the game. Yeah. And I'm like, well, she's definitely in some game. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what game she's in. So man, I don't know. Maybe I don't it could know. Be one of those where she's a lady of the night, but they actually know each other. Yeah, yeah, because he they do seem to be connected. Yep. Um. She's great. Um, we'll get to see a little more of her. I wish, honestly, they gave her a little more to do. And then uh, we got to a guy just getting beat the fuck up. <laughs> it's, it's like, all right, here, you got your sex scene. Here's a guy getting fucked up in a trash can. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all my notes say is Freddy is whooping some dude's ass. <laughs> Freddy looked like a badass. Like, he looked like a little bitch the whole movie. And then all of a sudden we see Freddy just, a guy's like halfway into a barrel or a trash can. And he's just kicking the shit out of him. And the cops come and arrest Freddy. And it's really weird, this whole scene, while the cops are arresting him, because the music is oddly chipper. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, okay. I was like, is this supposed to be like something funny's going to happen? But no, nothing funny happens. The cops call, call in the fight. And uh, they tell... The, I think the cop says, like, this dude's uh, probably a dope dealer. We're going to go and put him in and arrest his ass. So they're definitely jumping to conclusions. I don't know how they knew he was a dope dealer. Maybe uh, Fat Freddy's name got around and they knew yeah, it. And we go to Priest. He's learning some sort of like martial art uh, yeah, fighting. It, <laughs> Tell it, us about this scene, Robbie. Well, you know, he's there with uh, some really jacked guy with no shirt on. And they're doing, it kind of looks like judo, but every now and then it's like a really bad you know, Bruce Lee kind of wave the hands in their kind of motion, and then <laughs> then they'll do a hip toss like it's judo. I, I don't know what martial art they're supposed to be doing, fly jitsu or something, but... Uh, <laughs> fly jitsu. <laughs> it's definitely not Dolomite bad, though. Oh, like, it honestly looks a little more legit. Yeah. Just a tad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just Ron O'Neill's a lot more athletic than Rudy Ray Moore. <laughs> Yeah, he actually can move fast <laughs> with no need for, like, fast-forwarding the film. So, yeah, it's an interesting scene. It's funny because the, the guy that plays, like, the sensei, he's like, hi <laughs> He just, he makes, like, the best karate guy sounds. I just had a good time with this scene. Um, and I also love the fact that they're, they're, fi they're, like, training on the tiniest little mat. I'm like, hey, guy, can we extend this mat a little bit more? Is this, like... <laughs> Yeah. A, a sumo fight? Like, come on, man. Hey, that, that, that's all the budget allowed for. Like, <laughs> we can only buy one of those mats with it, the two rectangles. That's yeah, it. we're gonna we're gonna rent one mat. That's. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, y'all, priest is a yellow belt, so I don't know how good that is because I don't know martial arts, but I'm pretty sure you know he's almost getting there. I know when my son did it, that's like the second to the bottom. So... <laughs> 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 it may be a different martial art. Maybe it's different for kids, but. You know that—that's like he's been going for three months, and his you know his check cleared, and it's like, all right, here here's your yellow belt. <laughs> this is when it's considered a hobby still. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, we're we're at the precinct, I guess. Uh, we're definitely in a room, and the cops are questioning Freddie, and Freddie has uh, red paint on his face. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and, and and that was something I want you know, like. I love the seventies blood, like the temper oh, paint, God. the the real bright stuff that. You know, it, it just looks like 70s movies. It's um, so good. But there's that. And then an earlier scene when uh, they first went to Scatter's Restaurant, they ordered, I guess it was supposed to be wine. But, I mean, it's Kool-Aid. You look at the... It's like, I know what Kool-Aid looks like. I know what wine looks like. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> why in the 70s did it look like that? 
Oh my god, I didn't even notice that, man. <laughs> Only you would, of course you would notice that. Now I need to go back and see it again. Shit, son of a bitch. <laughs> but yeah, he's covered in the bright red paint, and Freddy is getting his ass beat by the <laughs> by the policeman. Yeah, the cops are talking shit, and he says something uh, that he'll... He said, um, you know, with your record, it could throw you in prison for 25 years, but he doesn't want to do that. He wants his man. You yeah. Know, he wants his boss. It's uh, Just say your boss. Why do you say, yeah. I want your man? It just sounds weird to me. Did you catch why Freddy was beating the guy up? Oh, yes. The cops mentioned that I guess this guy hit on Freddy's chick. He touched his wife's hand. Oh, God. <laughs> Come on, Fat Freddy. <laughs> yes. Short-tempered. Yeah. Freddy's insecure. <laughs> yeah, he, he honestly has the face of a guy that would be insecure. Um, he just looks like that. He, he can never, a giggly guy is going to be uh, a little insecure. Yeah. I, I, I guess um, I'm not really a giggly guy. I'm like a cackling guy. I always imagine <laughs> I'm like um, I'm like the guy that can't stop cackling in RoboCop. Uh, the guy that brings out, he busts out his wiener to distract the cop. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have that laugh. It's really annoying. I try not to laugh hard on this show because I have the worst laugh. Um, but anyway, so they're beating the crap out of uh, Fat Freddy. And, uh, of course, uh, he hasn't started narking yet. I was like, hey, is Fat Freddy going to, like, be loyal and not narc? We'll find out. But, no, he ends up revealing uh, when and where Priest and Eddie are to pick up their first kilo of cocaine from Scatter. Yeah. He also mentions about the family and like he says something they're up to about fifty, which is like, damn, that's pretty big. Yeah. Um, and then uh we see uh at the end of that kung fu karate scene, he had mentioned that he was gonna go see Georgia. Her name's Georgia, by the way. You I think you said a different name. Oh, I thought it was Gloria. Okay. It's Georgia. Man, you'd think you would remember her name was Georgia. Would, <laughs> yeah. You would think so. <laughs> so. So he's with uh Priest is with Georgia. We get a little scene here, a little cut to this, and he's hanging out with her, and he lets her know he's got something going on. He's like, I got a plan. I got a good plan. We're going to get out of this. Me and you, we're going to be great. And then we cut back to Freddy, and he's telling the cops about everything. Um, the cops, by the way, were surprised because apparently they thought that, that the uh, family was only 10 to 15, and it's exponentially grown to 50. So obviously Priest, uh, Youngblood Priest has been doing pretty fucking good. Yeah, he's he's built a he's built a machine. Yeah, a little uh, mini machine, well oiled. And uh, then we come back to Georgia and Priest, and uh, Georgia tells Priest that maybe uh, he should just quit right now. Like, just quit right now. You know, you have some money. But Priest says um, he says something about he doesn't want to go. He doesn't he doesn't want to end up in a situation where now he's got to work for the man. He's got to make a remedial money because he has a record, so it's not like he can go yeah. into the military or anything like that. Like that's not there's no life for him in a normal way. He has to make that money and then be able to coast on that. You know? Yeah, that he doesn't have. Uh, he, he can't take just a regular job. He, he he's not. He doesn't have what it. He doesn't have the the background or uh, anything that would allow him to to work in society, and yeah. so, so he's he's going to have to make what he can and live off of it. Yeah, he's kind of cornered now, um, or pigeonholed into that life, uh, and so yeah, he definitely needs to make that big. This is that classic, and and I know this this has been reiterated done a million times over, but this is one of my favorite. Like, oh, we just got to get that big, 
<laughs> yeah. that big hit and we'll be okay. Got to get the big score. And then... Big score. Um, yeah, I was thinking of, I don't know, a hit. I was thinking like baseball, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big score. <laughs> so then the cops head out to book her. And this is the weirdest scene in the movie. The cops head, <laughs> head out to book Fat Freddy. They, I guess he's not handcuffed because he just runs away. And he has, he's not handcuffed, so he's able to run full speed. He runs into the middle of the street instead of just running down the street. And a giant 1970s boat car fucking killed him because <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Those fucking boat cars, man, they weigh like two tons. Like, you're dead if they hit you at going 15 miles per hour. Holy shit. That shit kills Freddy. Yeah. I like how they like um, tastefully shot that part though. Like they were like, we don't want to damage the car, so let's kind of right. shoot this where <laughs> we don't want Freddie running into a fucking windshield and shit. It, the, um, on the soundtrack, the song playing is titled "Eddie's Dead." <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Fre- Freddie's dead. Freddie's dead. Yeah, Freddie's dead. dead. Which uh, I'm not sure if that was ever a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. We'll have to ask yeah. Bobby. Yeah. Was that a Freddie's dead? Was there a Freddie's dead? <laughs> I know I, there's a Freddy's. Oh damn! Now I need to find that out because I'm kind of curious. I'm like, was there a Freddy's dead? There is a Freddy's dead. I think that was like the last one before New Nightmare. Hold on, <laughs> let's find out. Oh yeah, <laughs> Freddy's dead. The final nightmare. Yeah, 1991. Yeah, see, there yeah. was a Freddy's dead. I'm pretty sure that one sucked. Uh, that's that's a weird sequel to Superfly. <laughs> 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 I'm your Freddy. I got blades. I'll cut you. <laughs> oh god. So uh so yeah, if, uh Freddy's dead. So then uh Priest basically tells uh Georgia what every musician says. Um he says uh he wants to be free and do things the way he wants to do it without listening to anyone. I said that a million times from the ages <laughs> between fourteen and twenty six. Um, so then we see Priest walking down the street of Harlem, and all of a sudden the cops show up, and uh, and he's with Eddie, and they they. Uh, Where did Eddie come from? I don't know because he wasn't in that original scene. <laughs> it's just like all of a sudden Eddie's there. He's like, "What's up?" <laughs> he's like Diddy Kong. Maybe he like, or like Tails. He like probably plummeted and then he came back just in time. Uh, yeah, it is really weird because at first we just see him. I guess they wanted the 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 shot of him walking and they were like let's just throw eddie in once the <laughs> cops get him <laughs> I was like, what the fuck um and the cops ask him if they work for scatter uh because they somehow found out that he had ordered those 30 keys of coke from good old fat freddy and the cop says uh you don't have to cut her for scatter because uh he's looking to get out anyway you know i don't give a shit about that um so it looks like uh these are some crooked ass cops, of course. Yeah, and uh, they want to get in on the deal. They were there. They were. That's what the whole reason they had arrested Fat Freddy was. They want to figure out who's the guy that's running the streets right now, so that way they can get in partnership with him. Yeah, they, he kind of gets a deal going on with him. Yeah, the cops talk about that in one of the scenes. I don't remember what it is. That they know that Scatter isn't dealing anymore. Yet he moved fifteen keys. So they know, like the, the I guess those That's are the fifteen right. keys that Youngblood had sold. So they know that he's, you know, that somehow the the stuff is getting sold, but they know Scatter's not doing it, and so they hadn't figured out who the man on the street was yet. And uh, they did a little digging, and the deal that they come up with is interesting. So he wants ten k 
10k a key and if they do all right on this they get an open line plus credit and eddie is right away like this sounds like some good shit <laughs> Eddie is sold like immediately. Yeah. Like he would, I could have sold Eddie a timeshare. Yes. <laughs> and the the, the detective says, uh, "Go have his people call their people." <laughs> no, they head out, and he says something like, "We're good people, like right? we're good to work with, whatever, whatever." Yeah. So then Eddie is laughing off, la laughing it off. He's like, "Dude, we fucking struck it. Like we're awesome." Yeah. He's seeing this as an opportunity. We've got the connect now. And Priest is seeing this as, "Now nah, we're getting roped into some shit that." was not part of our original plan and uh eddie has like this whole um part in this in this scene that i really i really enjoy i couldn't i can't do it justice but he just talks about the fact that like this is all he knows you know he doesn't know nothing else but dope and he tells priest that uh he has this fantasy you know that this whole thing of him wanting to try setting up another life and all this is just a fantasy um and it's funny because he says besides it's not like you can you know the only other option you have is to try pimping and you don't have the stomach for it yeah i thought that was pretty that it's like that apparently young bud doesn't have the stomach to be a pimp and that's yeah like i think he's too altruistic like he's yeah. able to you know like he wouldn't want to do that to somebody because obviously that is a very dark horrible job so that eddie tells him to uh he's like just think about it man just think about you know maybe working with these guys and we continue you know down this path of what we've been doing already and then priest says look all i'm thinking about is selling these 30 keys and eddie says well let's cut it sock it and get it on the road motherfucker <laughs> so, he didn't say motherfucker yeah. i added that last part <laughs> i got excited and uh yeah then uh we get the pusher man song again yeah. so we get like the second music video of this movie and this one is cool because it's just still uh, photos, you know, on the split screen of uh, yes. of what's going on, and it's really cool because it's it's like telling the story because it starts with them selling it to like street people, and so like as they go through this montage of, of still photos, first it's street people, then it's construction workers, then it's bankers, and then and like it shows the the the, the cocaine moving through the like the different social circles. Kinda. It's really awesome, uh, uh, and it's one of those things again that you have to watch this. If you haven't, if you haven't figured out that you should probably watch this movie before you listen to this, you should probably go watch <laughs> this. But this is a really tough one to um, to describe because yeah, it's like it's like a bunch of freeze frames, it's like a dope montage of, uh, and you actually see from the beginning of the cell, and it follows like these individuals that have bought, and, and all the way to the end when they're enjoying the product. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it honestly um, and maybe that's what maybe uh, uh, some people had issues with it, and it's nothing new. I mean, even Pulp Fiction did this in the '90s. It really glorifies um, cocaine because these people look like they're having a damn good time. Well, yeah, I don't think anybody was buying cocaine because they didn't like it. You know, so <laughs> oh, oh damn, I gotta buy more coke. You know what I'm saying? oh god and this is another great representation of the fashion throughout this movie because everyone's dressed a little differently and it just looks great i love uh because uh, i am uh if you've ever followed my personal instagram i i do have vintage suits i love old suits i have 40s 50 suits um i even have some miami vice suits like good old uh uh good old charlie from sacramento so yeah i, I love the, the the fashion in this whole scene and the Pusher Man song pretty much almost plays the whole damn time. I'm not sure. I think it. I think it's almost the whole song. Yeah, I think so. It's great. 
And then we see uh, Priest and Eddie, they roll up into a fully wood grain bar because it's 1972. <laughs> and speaking of badass suits, did he notice what he was wearing in this? It's like, like the, the tan and brown two-tone. Oh, yeah. So suit good. With the, you know, the, the collars go all the way out to his biceps. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he looks freaking awesome. And uh, some dude says, uh, he comes up, this guy with, uh, with his posse comes through. He's like, hey, man, I want to talk to you. And uh, he says, we're, trying to, we're, we're out here trying to unite the black community. And he's like, the community that you've been profiting off for, like, for quite a while. That's what he tells Priest. And yeah, he says, this is what pisses off Priest. And honestly, would piss me off, too, if some cat came up to me and was like, I, that I didn't know. He's like, it's time to pay your dues, Priest. He doesn't say Priest. He says the yeah. other word. <laughs> yeah. But Priest does not take that well. Yeah, there are a couple of words in this I'm not going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. I should tell you, there's a reason I can't say all the lyrics to Pusher Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, still, you know, uh, he he definitely is disrespectful to him, and yeah. it, pisses off, it pisses him off. He's like, man, I ain't giving you shit. Um, he tells him to come back with a gun. If Yeah. I like that line where he's like, come back with a gun and g- bring all your people with guns, and I'll be down to kill Whitey. But until then, fuck off. <laughs> I was like, damn, dude. Like, And I, I can see this was interesting because this felt a little shoehorned because we didn't even know who these guys were. They kind of came out of nowhere. But I can see what they're trying to do here. Um, you know, they're trying to, to talk about the fact that there were a lot of uh, organizations that were trying to unite communities uh, in in in. in you yeah, know, making things better for the for the neighborhoods. There was, was a lot going on at the time, and so I'm not surprised that some of these organizations would knock on the doors of these guys, profiting off of their own people. I remember that was a big thing in where I grew up, uh, where it always bothered me the fact that you know I would see a lot of people from my own neighborhood breaking into the homes of people from my own neighborhood, and I'd be like, you know, you're always you're always going to be holding us back because um, no one's going to everyone invest in this community as long as we're hurting ourselves right you know? uh, and i think that was definitely something uh that this that the movie was trying to tell us in this scene but it's done in a way that uh it's quite entertaining because i was just yeah. waiting for <laughs> i was just waiting for priest to deck this fool yeah but um you know he tells him like man it's time to pay your dues but he says he ain't giving them shit and uh, the guys head out and they kind of dog him out and they tell him like we'll see you again motherfucker uh, they walk out. We don't see them again. Maybe in the sequel. I haven't seen the sequel yet. <laughs> I just watched it. Um, there, there's one sequel with Ron O'Neill. Then there's another sequel. I think in the '90s, either late '80s, oh, early yeah, '90s, early '90s. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just best if it just ends after this. I heard. I heard the sequel was kind of rough, and I think Ron O'Neill actually directed it, but it, this wasn't quite he, the same. He did. There's some badass cars in that one, but other than that, there's not much to recommend it. <laughs> So then, uh, Eddie, uh, all Eddie says after this whole thing when these guys walk out of the bar is, ain't that a bitch, man? <laughs> he is my favorite character, like, of this whole movie. He is the best. Uh, and so then, uh, these dudes then, uh, these two dudes, uh, then roll out to the bar. The, I mean, they roll into the bar, these two guys that, because Priest does mention they're supposed to be meeting with somebody and you should be probably get the hell out of here before they get here. And, uh, Priest stares down. It's weird because Priest kind of stares down for an awkward amount of time. 
I guess because he's trying to get the cocaine out, uh, mm-hmm. he he gives uh, one of the guys a little bump. He's like, "Here, man, here's a little taste test." It's like, uh, you know, uh, it's like <laughs> I was gonna say it's. I can't even think of it because I don't shop at those stores. But you know, the, those big stores where they always have samples out. It's <laughs> so like great. Hit Costco handing out a cookie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's cocaine Costco out here. <laughs> gives him a little bump at the guy's like damn this this stuff is really good and we got and, buy one get one free up by the <laughs> <laughs> and he asks uh he asks priest how much does he have and priest says more than you need and priest lets him know that uh because he asks a question kind of like what you know what's the overhead like and priest tells him like you don't owe anything because i guess this is all owned by him so there's not like uh he's not a middleman yeah basically is what i took from it yeah uh, so he doesn't ha- actually, you know, always, but it's, it's just a way for everybody to make a little bit more money. And these guys get interested right away, uh, and, and they, they walk out. And this is one of my, my favorite things. It's just a little throwaway in there, but the guy asks him how much money it's going to cost. And Priest just holds his hand up off the table about eight inches and said, about that much. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's some baller moves right there. Uh, this movie is just cool as hell. Uh, the, they all get in their rides, which all look badass. They head out, and then we see Priest hanging out with, um, uh, oh, with that uh, that lady that we saw um, in the beginning earlier. In the beginning, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the one yeah, with the ass. <laughs> yeah, the one with the cake out, and uh, she's uh, she's a little salty. And I would be salty too if I didn't come back into the movie until after halfway through, and. Uh, <laughs> She's telling him uh, something like, um, I think he says, uh, oh, she says, are you just using me to get some nice deals on selling cocaine? Because I guess she knows a bunch of people that would be interested. Yeah, she said she had some friends who wanted to buy a pound of Coke. That is a, that's a lot of Coke. Yeah. Uh, she definitely has some friends. And uh, he tells her that he, he just wants to get out. He's like, look, yeah. I'm just trying to get out of the game. And she is not having it. He also tells her that he's uh, that she is his, even though she says she's not in the game, she's his best dealer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, like this is when we realize that young blood priest, um, he just kind of says what's on his mind. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't sugarcoat shit. Uh, sorry, I need to take a sip of this beer before it gets warm. Um. And so then, uh, the, yeah, she tells him, like, you shouldn't get out of the game. And he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting out. You're not that important. And he tells her that uh, ever since he was a kid, he just wanted a big number. Like the one that he's got planned, you know, that he's been playing uh, throughout this whole movie. But for some reason, he says he's not sure if he wants it anymore. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe too many consequences, too many risks involved. And he said what he always thought he wanted was my hog my vines that wine you're drinking and a woman like you yeah <laughs> that's a boss line right there yes. baby so the lady gets uh the lady gets the phone and she says uh because of the phone rings and she says that a uh, scatter man she's like uh <laughs> and could you imagine if someone called and they're like yeah i'm scatter man i'm here to, t- <laughs> here to talk to young blood yeah. like, what's this a comic yeah. <laughs> She's like, there's a man that goes by the name Scatterman, and uh, he's here to talk to you. Pardon so, me, there's a Mr. Scatter at the door. <laughs> <laughs> so then Scatter comes through, look, and he's like, 
he's asking for a little change. He's, he's asking for a little cash. And uh, Scatter tells him that um, the man that he bought the keys from is now trying to kill him. And he's and it turns out this is that cop that um, uh, now Priest is working under Priest and Eddie apparently. Yeah. Uh, it's looking. It's get things are getting complicated now because now Scatter is sort of uh, not needed. So yeah. he's in danger. Is uh, basically what's happening here. He knows too much. Yep. And uh, dude, Priest is awesome. He uh, agrees to give Scatter twenty G's, <laughs> which, damn, that's a lot of money for nineteen seventy two. And uh, Scatter gives him a file, and this has all the boss's background and shit. Like he gave him the the Holy Grail. To uh, why Scatter didn't use this earlier, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, why not use it himself? Or yeah, <laughs> I could have been okay. Like uh, you could have used it a long time ago. But uh, Scatter sets up a time to meet up with Priest uh, to give him the money because he says he needs it like today because he's got to get the hell out of town. Uh, understandably, unfortunately, Scatter is then picked up by yeah. the cops. They're waiting for him outside. Um, they think they're trying to be discreet, but they're like kind of in yeah. the corner of a major road. <laughs> so. Yeah, twenty grand is one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. God damn, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good friend. Oh man, I'm gonna call one of my friends. Like, hey, you know me about 125k, <laughs> and uh, and so the guys are waiting for him, and they end up uh, they end up uh, at telling him that the boss wants to speak to him. So they put him in the car, and they drive up, and Scatter's and, begging for his life. Yeah, I guess this is Scatter's car because it's a Rolls Royce. Yeah, I was kind of confused as to like who was like what car did they put him in? I didn't yeah. know the cops came through. Yeah, the cops came up in a Rolls Royce. <laughs> like I was like, man, maybe they could be undercover cops. Maybe they have like they have the budget yeah. <laughs> to buy a couple of Royce, Rolls Royces. <laughs> it was weird. I was kind of confused by that as well. It is a dope looking ride. And, oh yeah. Uh, they just like pump a shitload of um, probably heroin or something into scatter. Maybe it was just some other random drug. But I'm guessing they're trying to make it look like he OD'd. Yeah. And uh, Scatter, uh, the actor who plays Scatter, does a great job of, like, he's, like, basically he gets incredibly high. Kind of like, I don't know if you've, um, I'm, like, a big fan of being um, put under. Yeah. You know, like, I love being put under. Like, I would go out like MJ if I was, like, a billionaire and could just get put under, like, constantly. So it's good that I'm not a billionaire. Because I just enjoy the process of like basically getting the best rest I could ever get, and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, look, things are great. Every time I have anesthesia, I get violently sick and just throw up for hours. No, so, <laughs> yeah, you're the complete opposite of yeah, me. Yeah, it, it, it's like no, I'll I'll just do without things. <laughs> I mean, I could not be a junkie because like every time I have to get a shot, like you know for morphine for something you know, like pain or something it's like i'm gonna be sick for 18 hours <laughs> when i got my wisdom teeth out when i came to my dentist said my uh dentist told me he's like man you were hilarious we pumped the drugs <laughs> in you. you said give it to me and then started laughing until you knocked out <laughs> <laughs> i had my wisdom teeth pulled out on my uh honeymoon uh, no. oh that's rough it was the only time i could get off and so i had my wisdom teeth pulled 
And um, so I'm sitting there, and you know, as I'm coming out, the dentist asks me, you know, how how are you feeling? How are you doing? And I'm trying to say the line from White Heat, the uh, James Cagney movie, you know, Top of the World, Ma. But my mouth is packed full of stuff, so it's so like I'm going. Rrr, rrr, rrr. It's like, <laughs> It's like, I have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> I once told my dentist that. I was like, why the fuck you ask me questions? You got a bunch of bullshit in my mouth, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't respond to you. I don't know sign language, man. Like, damn it. But that is that is hilarious. <laughs> but uh, either way, we, we see Scatter go. Uh, he's super high. He's like, oh, y'all motherfuckers did it. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he kind of fades off. Then uh, we cut from there. And we see Priest getting his, his mind right before he heads out. He was going to... It's weird. This whole scene's kind of weird because it's like you're actually seeing somebody think about what he needs to do. Because at first, he has his gun. Yeah. But then he leaves it and he puts it back. Yeah. Right? I'm pretty well, sure I saw that. I'm like, did he put his yeah. gun back? Well, I think they're showing you know, that Priest is... It's the world he's in. It's like he's got the violent option or he's got the thinking option. And he, he's like, you know, I'm going to be better off if I think my way out of this. Yeah. The brain's brawn. Because, yeah, you don't want to be caught in a situation and then you have a, you know, you have a gun or some kind of weapon that's illegal. And then next thing you know, you're put into some... You know, you run into some more bullshit. So it was probably a good idea. Cue the dope-ass Superfly song. Uh, the, <laughs> the titled song, which kicks ass. And we he meets up with a couple of dudes. Um, this whole scene was confusing as fuck to me at first. Because I was like, what the hell's going on? He's meeting up with a couple of, a couple of vatos in a cafe. He It's funny because he's got his jacket on. And he busts out a goddamn manila folder. Like, yeah. <laughs> this giant-ass fucking folder out of his pocket. I'm like, how'd you even fit that in there? Like, I guess seventies, seventies uh, blazers had just giant pockets in them. Inside. Well, they're they're under the giant lapels, so it makes sense. Everything was a little bigger, and uh, he busts that out. He gives it to them. Uh, then you see. Uh, and I don't know about you, Daniel, but if I ever saw somebody sitting in a cafe and and pull out a Manila envelope with the inside of their pocket, <laughs> the inside of their jacket, and hand it to somebody, it's like, oh damn, something's going down. <laughs> I know. It's like, could y'all be a little more discreet? <laughs> and then one of the guys is well, one of the guys looks like Gene Simmons, a young Gene Simmons, and the <laughs> other guy just won't stop smoking his cigar. I'm like, could you at least be a little dis like? This is all this cigar smoke. I'm just. I don't know if I could handle the early 70s, Robbie. I think I, I'm i just not really into smelling cigar smoke while I'm trying to eat my croissant, you know? Like, yeah. I just don't want that shit. Uh, it was a different time, you know? People were used to it. But, yeah, he yeah, he hands him the envelope. He gives him a bunch of cash. Uh, yeah, it looks, like a, it looks like a good time. And then uh, Priest comes around to talk to Eddie, and Eddie asks, because uh, he goes to Eddie's apartment, and Eddie asks uh, what he thinks about Scatter ODing, and Priest tells him, nah, dude, like, Scatter got killed, dude. Yeah. By, somebody took his life. Priest says uh, they should take uh, take what they have now and split it. And Eddie says, man, you're crazy. Like, if you want to do that, like, you know, uh, something's wrong with you. Yeah. But uh, Eddie says... Uh, he has a beat and that they'll make a fortune so eddie is in it deep he's already kind of like going forward with this whole thing it seems right yeah he's like you know the people have been using me my whole life and uh yeah i'm gonna get killed in it one day but i'm gonna be old when they kill me and (laughs) (laughs) i like that line a lot he's like basically he's you know he 
because there's like a whole thing where priest is basically telling him man like these guys own us now you know and uh and it, he mentions um i don't even know if it, it's honky so the word you could say <laughs> sure yes <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You just don't hear it anymore. But uh, they call these guys hunkies. And uh, it just seems like it's such a southern word. I, I just, I don't, I, I don't know. But um, but he's like, like I think uh, Eddie says something like, man, I'd rather work for this honky and live until I'm older than, uh, you know, fucking be poor now. Yeah. You know, like at least when I die, I'll be, I'll have some money and I'll be able to live a life. So then Priest tells him, all right, man, well, fine. You want to fucking do that? Well, he throws a – he grabs a, a, like a briefcase and shoves it in Eddie's chest and says, fill it up. And Eddie's like, why don't you fill it up? He's like, because I want to keep my eye on you, you son of a bitch, <laughs> which is awesome. That whole exchange is good. And then Eddie starts putting in wads of cash into the – at least Eddie's cool enough to be like, I get it. This is your half. I'll throw in the cash. Yeah, he he gives him his money, closes it up, and uh, and uh, priest heads out and goes into the apartment. And, and right away, priest looks kind of like he's looking at the door, making sure Eddie doesn't try any shady shit. He's just kind of yeah. like making sure he's safe. Was also thought he might be listening to hear if Eddie picked up the phone. Ooh, you might be right there. Yeah, that would be a great idea. I was kind of thinking that too because I was like. The phone is weird, like oddly close to the mm. the entrance of the apartment. Yeah, <laughs> like do you really want to walk all the way to the front of your apartment every time someone calls, man? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was kind of curious because Eddie immediately calls uh, the cop guy. I don't remember the cop's name, but he's like the the man. man. Yeah, the man. <laughs> the man. He's the middleman be- of between the man, and um, he Eddie tells him like uh, he just left. Um, and uh, he lets him know what's going on and the cop is like uh right away he basically sends out some patrol guys to go and get him uh he's like i need you to go get me a guy and we see priest trying to hit the elevator button to get that open it's funny because back then i bet elevators did take forever (laughs) because you we're watching in real time him trying to open this goddamn elevator (laughs) Well, that's because I'm sure there were like two donkeys outside pulling the rope to take the <laughs> to take the elevator off. For this. It's hilarious. And uh, finally, he heads out, and Eddie uh, uh, is talking to the detective guy, and they they send out the cops. Then Priest meets up with Georgia because Georgia all of a sudden pops in. I don't even know how she knew, but she's on a different floor, a little bit lower in the apartment complex, and she enters the same elevator. Although we don't know right away because we just see that it's like it looks like a lady dressed as an elderly woman, yeah. and they switch briefcases. He gives her the briefcase he has with the cash. He grabs a briefcase from her, and she puts it in like in a big old tote bag and covers it with a like a little blanket or sheet or something yeah. like that, like the laundry and, or something. Yeah, and uh, she she uh, she kind of looks at him and she gives this, like this little smile, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> She's like, "Hey." <laughs> This is fun. So then Priest heads out, and right, <laughs> right away he gets picked up by the cops. Like not even like three steps outside of that apartment. Like, rrr, rrr, rrr. It's like ah, damn, the motherfuckers are fast. So uh, they pick him up, and uh, they search his pockets, and they, they. And I think that's one of the reasons he didn't bring the gun. Yeah, he knew there was probably a chance he would get picked up. 
they let the detective know that they have they picked up priests and then the crooked cop guys um uh well the detective says he's going to send his his cops to go his detectives to go and pick him up and to just basically hold him there and uh they drive priest out to a dock oh and by the way um is there is a little uh, bit where priest is on the car and he sees he sees georgia walking past yeah and he's like plan is going smoothly (laughs) (laughs) he's feeling real confident right now and they drive priest out to a dock and things are not looking good for our homie by the way um alert i don't uh, robbie i don't know if you listen to this podcast that much but alert alert it's been a while guys several episodes of not having one we finally get a solid rich white in this movie (laughs) (laughs) it's the head honcho himself Uh, his name is deputy commissioner reardon but he's a crooked cop so we know he makes a shitload of fucking money and reardon says so you're priest i thought you were going to be the best dealer i've ever had what do you want to quit for he says he's like what else can you do you're making more money than you ever have you just want to be another two-bit black junkie and then uh priest takes a <laughs> priest takes it like a smooth motherfucker he takes a couple of bumps and go yeah right in front of the cop <laughs> <laughs> this movie's so good y'all y'all need to watch this shit the fact that <laughs> the fact that he just goes and he's like <laughs> I mean, it's in real time, y'all. Yeah. This doesn't take. This takes like seven seconds. Yeah. It's so good. It's like he puts his finger. Hold on, just a second. It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the coolest shit, man. It's so much fun, and, uh, and then I think he ends up saying um, he basically some, says something like, "You don't know me, motherfucker," and uh, and I think he says something like, "You don't tell me where I can spit" or something like that. Yeah. He says nobody owns me, and then the the de- deputy commissioner says, "Who do you think you uh, who do you think you're talking to?" That's right. <sighs> and uh, he says, "I'm talking to you, redneck, uh, other f word." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get the other f word twice in this uh, in this scene here at the end, and then they uh, uh, they deck the fuck out of priest, uh, one of the cops, and or one of the detectives. And then Priest grabs the top of a trash can, knocks some dudes out, then uses his yellow belt level karate skills. <laughs> it's a it's a slow motion karate fight, but you know this is 1972, and it's not Jackie Chan. <laughs> it's not, but it's still fun. Yeah, I'll give it that. It's a, it's a good time. Now, he, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, one thing is like so he's still wearing the platform shoes in this fight scene, and the thing I noticed so he's. He's got on platform shoes. He's standing on cobblestones, and on top of the cobblestones, there's cardboard flattened out. And like every time he goes to punch somebody, he turns his ankle. And so when <laughs> I'm watching this, it's so much. It's like, man, his ankles are gonna be all fucked up. <laughs> I know that's gotta imagine, hurt. <laughs> could you imagine being there filming that before they put all the other stuff over it? And you just heard like the the tinks and the tanks, uh, like of the cobblestones hitting the heels and shit. Yes. It must have been hilarious. It must sound like a tap dancer going around. <laughs> but it's really cool because he, um, I guess it's one of like, it, this is the pinnacle scene of the movie where he straight up deadlifts a guy and Head just first. completely dumps his ass in a trash can. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's awesome. And then right after he does that, Reardon holds a gun to Priest in the face. And uh, Priest ends up calling him a pig. And Reardon's like, wait, what'd you just call me? Because, I mean, Reardon this whole time is thinking he's 
you know, undercover. Like, yeah. this guy has no idea who the fuck he is. So then Priest says, I know all about you. I know your name, your wife, that big lady, that big leg daughter of yours. <laughs> yeah, that thick legged dog daughter of yours. <laughs> <laughs> and then he calls his son a feminine guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh,. He tells Reardon that if he kills him, his whole family dies. So it turns out that those random guys that we saw uh, while you know music was playing and we didn't hear anything they said, that was actually Priest uh, setting up a deal, taking out a $100,000 contract on Reardon's life. And uh, he said, uh, basically, if you fuck with me, uh, everyone in your family dies. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a, a pretty good uh, situation for... <laughs> For Priest to be in. Uh, he's got the upper hand now. He says something like, uh, he's like, if I choke on a chicken bone, yeah. <laughs> all the Reardons are dead. Yeah. <laughs> I heard white killers, the best killers. <laughs> oh, yeah. He says, like, this isn't some bullshit type plan. He's like, this is, I hired some motherfucking crazy white people. <laughs> <laughs> and, he's, and he's sitting there talking to the deputy commissioner while he's got a gun in his face. He said, nothing better happen to one hair on my gorgeous head. Can you dig it? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's so <laughs> good. It's so good. And so we see a Reardon kind of look toward the detectives, and he kind of gives them, like, a go grab the suit, the, you know, the, the briefcase. <laughs> so they grab the briefcase, and he opens it up. And there's just like clothes, and uh, I think Priest says something like, "If you're offering to do my dirty laundry, it ain't going to help you." <laughs> it's like that's so good. Priest says that he hired that that that's what he says he hired all those killers, and uh, we you know we all know what's up. You know the music starts to pop off. Bearden's like, "Well, shit, I guess I can't do anything to this son of a yeah. bitch. We didn't even get the cash." <laughs> he confidently walks away. From these detectives heads back into his dope ass ride and he takes off and uh so it turns out uh, the big deal wasn't the million dollar deals to deal with these crazy russian assassins to protect his ass and uh in the movie it worked out great <laughs> although the the last shot of the movie uh i think this was intentional by the director but it you know there's uh he's on the docks and the camera pans up to the empire state building and it looks like a syringe Oh, I didn't even connect that. And I, I think that was done on purpose because of the way the shot is. It looks like a syringe. It even does sit on that. Like even after the credits uh, yeah. wrap up, it shows the end, and it does sit right on that. Oh, okay. Damn. That's some deep shit. Well, as you know, Robbie, in all these uh, movies that I cover, I like to do a little bit of um, – remembering and honoring the, all the great characters yeah. in these films and i'm gonna just do a little bit of a quick impression this uh segment is called quick impression quick impressions <laughs> well i don't give a goddamn where your head is you're going to work for me until I tell you to quit. You don't know me, pig. And no motherfucker tells me where I can split. Who the fuck do you think you are talking to? <laughs> That's all I can say because it gets kind of dark after that. <laughs> all right, man. I had a jolly good time. 
covering this movie. And as you know, I do uh, I do uh, rank these movies for my favorite mustaches. There's the full Fu Manchu recommendation. There's the walrus mustache, which means hell yeah. There's the horseshoe mustache, which means eh, pretty good. And then there's the Hitler mustache, which means please let this movie burn in hell. I never want to see it again. Robbie, what would you give? Well, I'm a little, I'm a little torn because Ron O'Neill does rock the horseshoe mustache in this movie. He does, but I got to give it a full Fu Manchu. Yes, sir. it's good. I mean, it's a good time. I can see why you would give it that. Um, a fantastic recommendation. I also give it the full Fu Manchu recommendation. He covers all the bases. You know, you get your dope ass music. You get your dope ass clothes. You get, uh, you know. I guess, you know, some decent action scenes, you know, <laughs> you're dealing with a lower budget, so you got to kind of roll with the punches. Uh, but you get some fantastic acting, um, considering the budget and, um, and the yeah, attitude. Good time. Yeah, and the attitude is just off the chain. Uh, I absolutely love this recommendation. So, yes, I do. I will have to tell you, please go and watch this movie if you have not seen it before. So freaking fun. Um, this is the uh, plugs part of the show. Robbie, do you have anything coming up? Do you have any? I know you mentioned some episodes, but just if you want to repeat them, is there any uh, anything you want to plug for the show? <laughs> well, there's one thing I want to say, Daniel, to you because with your oh, yeah. rating, your rating system about the the different mustaches, yeah. I, was, I was trying to think of a way to mess with you. It's like, so what's a good movie with a Hitler mustache in it? And <laughs> so one day I'm going to make you watch Jojo Rabbit because that's going to mess with the whole system. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe that's the next time you come around. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, let's see. Recommendations. Uh, you know, the Bloody Bits podcast was just on that over Thanksgiving. Next week, I'm going to be uh, recording uh, for the Grind Bin. Uh, Ooh, nice. Yeah. What, and, are, you, what are you all uh, talking about? Um, I, you know, I don't know if, if Mike wants me to say or not, but... Uh, what kind of movie is it? We won't give the movie out. What, what, what genre are we talking It's a regional slasher movie. Oh, okay, okay. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's a low-budget slasher movie. And so, those, are, uh, those are some of my favorites. And, you know, if anybody's interested, I, I'm at uh, Dr. Chef Robbie uh, uh, at, on Twitter. Um, I can be reached there. And I actually created my, my Twitter uh, account uh, so that I could comment on the first episode of the Mustachioed Podcastio. Are you kidding? For no. Us? Yeah. So I could say, as I said, you know, this is a podcast for a uh, uh, up, upwardly mobile super achiever. And so actually, <laughs> so when you did Death Wish 4, I actually created my Twitter account to make that comment. That's awesome, man. I'm glad I, I motivated you to create your Twitter <laughs> account. <laughs> well, thank you so much. As y'all know, y'all can uh, definitely partake in all the hijinks of the Mustachio Podcastio by going to our Instagram at Mustachio Podcastio. You can also visit us on Twitter at mpodcastio. And if you have any recommendations or movie recommendations, if you have any um, comments, anything, anything like that, if you want, even want to be on the show, you can um, email me at um at mustachio podcastio at gmail.com that is m-o-u-s-t-a-s-h-e-o and um i think that's pretty much all i have in my plate so yeah uh robbie thank you so much for joining the show i hope you're uh back very soon yeah thanks for having me daniel it's a ball thanks man i'll talk to y'all later bye 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 <laughs>